Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Ermin and the Thuman as we pick up in Exodus chapter 28, verse 30. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So we really don't know exactly what the Urim and the Thummim was. I am convinced that I know what it wasn't. I know that it wasn't what Joseph Smith said it was. For with the golden tablets that he found, supposedly, he also found this pair of colored glasses that were magic glasses because when he put them on, he could read the hieroglyphics on the golden tablets. So they were magical interpretive glasses by which he could read the hieroglyphics. No, that's not what the Urim and the Thummim were. But what they actually were, we don't know. Now this robe of the ephod was to be all blue. There was to be a hole in the top of it, and in the midst, and it should have a binding of woven work rounded about the hole as though it were a hole of a habergun and so it would not be torn. So it's sort of a, a hem, really, just to keep it from being torn. And beneath upon the hem thou shalt make pomegranates. Now this is on the bottom side of, the, of this ephod. There were to be these pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate about the hem of the robe all around it. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, when he cometh out that he die not. Now the purpose then around the hem of the ephod was these, were these little golden bells and, and then a pomegranate, a golden bell, a pomegranate, all the way around the hem. The purpose is that when he went into the Holy of Holies, no one could go in there except the high priest. But coming into the presence of God was a really a hazardous job. Uh, when the whole thing first got started, they realized what a hazardous occupation they'd gotten into as priests. The very first day that they started their ministry as priests, two of them got wiped out. Nadab and Abihu both got wiped out the very first day. Because when they got the whole thing set up, and, and they got the altar all set, and, and, the, and the wood on the altar, fire came down from heaven, and the wood just spontaneously started to burn. And... Aaron's two sons got so excited, they grabbed their little incense burners and they took strange, they took the, the incense in them, but they took strange fire and they went in to offer it before God and the fire came from the altar and consumed the two sons of Aaron. It was a dangerous, hazardous job. You're coming into the presence of God and you better make sure that everything is right. If it isn't, you've had it. Now, even the high priest in coming in before God, coming into the presence of God, everything had to be just right. If it wasn't, the high priest would get wiped out. How would they know? The bells would quit ringing. 
So that was the purpose of the little bell. So they would tie a rope on his foot. And if the bells would quit ringing, they'd take and drag him out. <laughs> Occupational hazard. <laughs> and so that was the purpose of the little golden bells around the hem, is that when he was ministering before God in the actual going in into this area of, of coming into that area where God's presence was to meet the people, things had to be right, or it could mean the life of the high priest. And so the golden bells, so that they would know in, in case he died. Now thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, the crown that the priest was to wear, and on this little plate you were to, grave, uh, you were to engrave it on it, holiness to the Lord. And thou shalt put it on a blue lace, that it may be upon the mitre, upon the forefront of the mitre shall it be. So this mitre or crown, a blue crown that the priest was to wear, on it this little golden plate with the engraving, holiness to the Lord. And it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron might bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall sanctify in all their holy gifts, and it shall always be upon his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen. Thou shalt make a mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make a girdle of needlework. And for Aaron's sons thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles and bonnets, and thou shalt make for them for the glory and the beauty. So they were very, you know, ornament. Uh, it, it was quite... Uh, I want to say ornamentation, but it was, it was very ostentatious and uh, awesome as they would come out in these robes. Thou shalt put upon Aaron thy brother and upon his sons with him. Thou shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even to the thighs shall they reach. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near unto the altar to minister into the holy place that they bear not the iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever and ever and to his seed after him. So that when they're bearing the iniquity of the people, they don't die themselves. Now notice that the, the robes were all of linen. There wasn't to be any woolen garment worn by the priest. For wool causes you to sweat. And God didn't want any man sweating in his labor for him. That's very interesting, isn't it? When we look at all the perspiration that goes into the work of God today so many times. God doesn't want you to perspire in your work for him. And that is the reason why they wore linen no wool in the garments, to keep them from perspiration in their service to God. God wants our service to be inspired service rather than perspired service. <laughs> and if you have the inspiration, it doesn't take the perspiration, but if you don't have the inspiration, I'll tell you, even the perspiration is not going to do it. And so the inspired work unto the Lord. Now in chapter 29, the consecration 
of the priests and the offerings. And thus they were to take a young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and cakes of unleavened, tempered with oil, and the wafers of unleavened anointed with oil. Of wheat flour shall you make them, and, they shall be, and thou shalt put them into one basket and bring the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt first of all wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat, the robe of the ephod, the ephod, the breastplate, and dress him with that curious girdle or that sash around him of the ephod. And thou shalt put the crown upon his head and the holy crown upon the mitre, the, the mitre and then the holy crown upon it. And thou shalt take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons and put coats on them, and thou shalt clothe them with the girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them. And the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. Thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Thou shalt take the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger, and pour all of the blood beside the bottom of the altar, and thou shalt take all of the fat that covers the inwards and that which is above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock and the skin uh, with his dung shalt thou burn with fire outside of the camp. It is a sin offering. So first of all, as Aaron is consecrated, the oil signifying the anointing of God putting on him all of these beautiful robes and all, and then anointing him with oil, and then bringing, because he is to be serving for the people before God, he had to have his sins taken care of. And so the first thing was a sin offering to take care of the sins of Aaron, washing him with water, putting on these robes, anointing him with oil, and then the offering of this sin offering, now Aaron and his sons were to put their hands on the head of the bullock. This is a symbolic action which symbolizes the transfer of my guilt over onto the, onto the ox. As I lay my hands on the head of the ox, I would be transferring the guilt of all of my sin over onto the ox so that as that ox then has its throat slit, it is dying for my sins. It brings me the awareness of the awfulness of sin. Sin brings death. And so I see the death of that animal. I see the bloodshed, and I realize that my sins were put on it, and it was because of my sin that animal had to die. And the transference of my guilt onto the animal as my hands were upon its head. Now, the blood was to be taken with a finger and put on the horns, these four brass horns that were upon this brass altar, and then the fat and the kidneys were to be burned on the altar itself. 
But the carcass and the whole thing, because it was a sin offering, was to be taken outside of the camp and burned. Now, later we are told that that is the reason why Jesus was crucified outside of the city of Jerusalem, led out of the camp, because he was the sin offering. His was the sin offering being offered to God for us. And that way, that's why it had to be outside the camp that Christ was crucified. And so they led him out of the city nearby, but out of the city, his crucifixion, out of the camp of God's people. So first of all, for the priest to serve God, he had to have something done about his own sins and thus the sin offering offered for Aaron. Now, one of the rams, thou shalt take one ram and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of that ram and thou shalt slay the ram and thou shalt take his blood and sprinkle it round about upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces and wash the inwards of him and his legs and put them into the pieces and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto God. And thou shalt take the other ram and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the other ram. Then thou shalt kill the ram and take his blood and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons upon the thumb of their right hands upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about and thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron upon his garments upon his sons upon the garments of his sons with him and they shall be hallowed in his garments and his sons and his sons sons garments with him also Thou shalt take of the ram, the fat, and the rump, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and the right shoulder, for it is a ram of consecration. And so the ram for a burnt offering unto God, and that's just really as a gift to God. But then the next ram was the ram of consecration. And thus the blood was placed upon Aaron and his sons on the tip of their right ear, upon their right thumb, and upon their big toe of their right foot. Remember, it's the consecration. I consecrate my ear to hear the voice of God. I consecrate my hands to do the work of God. I consecrate my feet to walk in the path of God. A life of consecration unto God, that I may hear his voice, that I might do his work, that I might walk in his path. And so the life of consecration represented by the blood on the tip of the ear, upon the right uh, thumb, and upon the big toe of the right foot. As Aaron and his sons were then consecrated. Their lives were to be set apart for ministry unto the Lord in this offering of consecration. And then one loaf of bread and one cake of oil bread and one wafer out of the basket of unleavened bread, the bread that is before the Lord, and thou shalt put all in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his sons and shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. So they would take then these loaves of bread that had been baked uh, with this oil and wheat, and, and they were to wave them. 
And the wave offerings could be either in an up and down or in a cross fashion, but waving them before the Lord. And, and it was called the wave offering. Now, the wave offerings were, were the offerings of, the, of the, the meal offerings or the grain offerings that they would make these little cakes out of them and wave them before the Lord. Thou shalt receive them of their hands and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering for a sweet savor, baked bread. What smells better than barbecue meat and baked bread? And so the sweet savor unto the Lord. And that's the idea of just that, you know, putting them on the altar, the, the burning the ox, that neat smell that you get from uh, barbecued meat and the neat smell from baked bread and just a sweet savor unto God. Who doesn't like the savor of baking bread? Now shall take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thy part. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering and the shoulder of the heave offering which is waved, which is heaved up, and the ram of the consecration, even that which is for Aaron and that which is for his sons. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons by a statute forever. So the priests could eat that portion themselves. It became theirs. For it is a heave offering, it shall be a heave offering for the children of Israel of a sacrifice of the peace offerings, even the heave offering to the Lord. And the holy garments of Aaron and his sons were to be anointed. And uh, verse 32, Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and of the bread it is, that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall eat those things wherewith the covering was made. Atonement in the Old Testament, kephar, is to cover we have in the New Testament the word atonement, which is an entirely different word. In the New Testament, it is at one moment. It is becoming one with God, only possible through Jesus Christ. It was impossible, we are told, that the blood of goats and bulls could put away our sins. All they could do is testify of a better sacrifice that was to come. So they were only a substance. They were only the, rather the shadow, the substances of Christ. These things were all testifying of Jesus Christ, our great sacrifice, the one who was sacrificed for our sins. And so it was not possible. They did not put away sin. What they did make was an atonement, kephar or kafar. They were a covering for the sins, but did not put them away. It remained for Jesus to do that through his death. To consecrate, to sanctify, but a stranger shall not eat thereof because they are holy. And what isn't eaten was to be burned in the fire. It was just special for God's servants. Thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for the covering. And thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made the atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it and sanctify it. Seven days... Thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. And so it was, it, that is consecrated to God. Once it touched the altar, you could not take it back. It then belonged to God. Whatever was laid on the altar, it became God's. Have you laid your life upon the altar? Then it becomes God. It isn't yours to take back again. It isn't. Uh, it no longer belongs to you. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year every day continually. One lamb shalt thou offer in the morning and the other in the evening. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of 
flour mingled with the fourth part of beaten oil and a fourth part of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb that shall offer in the evening. And you shall do according to the, meat, the meal offering, actually, of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire to the Lord. And this shall be continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And so that was the purpose of the tabernacle, a place where God would come and meet with them and speak unto them. And I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am Jehovah their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am Jehovah their God. Now Moses is up on the mountain getting all of these instructions from the Lord. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 28 through 29 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bring you into a special consciousness of His presence, of His love, of His interest in your life. And may you walk in the consciousness of God's grace and be led by His Spirit. May you come into a new relationship with God, a very personal relationship with God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a flash drive of audio Bible studies by Kay Smith titled, A Collection of Cherished Messages. Just listen to what others are saying. Kay Smith changed my life. Her teachings encouraged me to want more of Jesus. And through her counsel and mentoring, I fell in love with Him in a deeper way. When I first heard Kay, I was driving in my car. I was so moved that it brought me to tears because I needed to repent. That moment impacted my life to be a better mom 
and who I am today. Renew your strength, please. I beg, I beseech, I entreat, and if there's any other word, I do that too. Get in His Word. Make it more than your necessary food every day. Kay Smith has a special place in her heart to teach and encourage women to live for Jesus. To order this flash drive with over 90 audio messages by Kay Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.